to achieve herd community, community, community. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is November 6, 2020. This is episode 262, and today, vote like butterfly, sting like bee. And you know me, I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to the podcast where we love Jesus, we love you, we try to love ourselves, and we having a real difficult time loving our enemies because they just keep printing votes like burr. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that, Gons. Trust the plan. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. We're supposed to yeah. trust the plan. Um, so what? Do you want to do a little uh, just yeah uh, I- election review? We're trying not to make... But here's the thing, folks. It's my job to pay attention to everything. I'm listening to 10 hours of podcasts a day. I'm reading every article I can find. I'm looking at all the different outlets, trying to connect the dots, create a comprehensive picture of the world, and then share it with you three times a week. But I got to say, Gons, it has just gotten exhausting. It's been overwhelming the past couple of days. Yeah, the the one thing we want to try to do is help everybody escape from the madness that is the elections right now. So we'll touch on a few things here before we dive in, uh, but we're not going to spend, there are some, you know, election news or election adjacent type of news that we'll touch. Um, Yeah. We're still staying current. There's a lot of current events that are important to uh, stay on top of, but no, we will not be doing a live tracking of uh, ballot by ballot counting in Philadelphia or something. Yeah. So don't worry. Rest easy. You can take just a little bit of a break from staring at those uh, that red line and that blue line inching closer to each other. Yeah. But also uh, just breaking right before we went live here, uh, according to the Independent, Philadelphia evacuations underway after bomb threats. Near vote mm, counting center. So, yeah, great. Yeah, th- that's not any kind of uh, operation over there. It's just, uh, you know, random bomb threat in Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a little out of control. What are uh, you supposed it's to believe? But, it's uh, getting crazy. Uh, one thing that <clears throat> I wanted to talk about is uh, overall, this, uh, this clip kind of went viral uh, of Steve Pachesnik. He's like former intelligence. I think right, and he uh, he was on Infowars the other night. I think last night maybe with uh, Owen Schroyer, who uh, I met a couple years ago, and we did a little panel. Mm-hmm. And um, he said something very interesting. There's a lot of uh, rumors on the internet about the uh, the watermark and you know a few other things going on with the election ballots. But here's what Pachesnik said. I'll play just you know a few seconds of it to get an idea of what people are talking about here. None of this was unexpected. All of this was expected. All of this is part of the sting operation we're running. And let me tell you that 48 hours ago, not only did we put markers on those ballots, but I can say now 
with the permission of people in the intelligence community and elsewhere, that we have sent out thousands and thousands of National Guards to 12 different states, Washington, Delaware, Texas, Arizona, Alabama, and everywhere. So now you have to consider and rethink what this is really about. So that's sort of the claim that Trump knew. And I, I believe him when he says Trump knew from you know the get-go that this election was going to be ridiculous. We all knew. And yeah, just to prove it, this is uh, June 22nd. Uh, Trump tweeted out, rigged 2020 elections. Millions of mail-in ballots will be printed by foreign countries and others. It will be the scandal of our times. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been setting this thing up for a long time. Uh, so he claims. So, well, yeah, I mean, him and the Democrats, allegedly. Uh, doesn't it feel like just crazy theater to you? Like, it's just the whole yeah. thing is out of control. Well, here's the thing. And just to go a little bit, I mean, do you, are you going to go a little deeper into the watermark thing or eh, kind of give a review of it? Yeah. So here's, here's the theory floating or the theory, the, I don't even know what to call it. The, the word on the street the is that, yes, all the official ballots, um, I guess the, uh, department of Homeland security took over the ballot printing process for all of the official ballots. They got all these new special machines and, uh, department of Homeland security, uh, printed the official ballots. And I've heard a couple different things is generally being called a watermark. Um, but it's an isotopic watermark, which means it's a, a non-radioactive sort of chemical signature, uh, that you, you know, that will identify in, you can identify individual official ballots. They are printed with this special, basically a special molecule or something, some signature into the watermark. And so, you know, if you are, audit and uh, audit a ballot counting place or whatever if you audit all the ballots you'll be able to separate out easily because there's theoretically no way to have counterfeited this isotope uh, that they built into the watermark now this is the story floating around i mean i started hearing this actually I don't even know a while ago before it kind of started making the, the rounds wrong around the, the common areas of the internet. And I didn't really know what to think of it. And here's my theory about it. This does make a lot of sense. And here's the thing. I hope this is true. This yeah. would be a great way. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised that we haven't heard about this before, um, but I hope it's true simply because it would uh, give some actual standards to what uh, is a real ballot and what's not. Of course, if you're spending any time on Twitter or places like that, lots of videos floating around in ballot counting uh, areas of, you know, people filling out ballots and people, you know, have you seen these videos? Yeah, I've seen a few of them. A few of them seem like, uh, you know, because if the ballot is unreadable, the process is that somebody else reads it out and they refill it. On a new ballot, I mean, it's kind of, sh- I mean, it is a little shady. It, it's shady looking, 
but it doesn't mean that that's fraud for Wh- sure. Who knows? Whatever it is. I don't that's know That's the procedure. That, that's the uh, official procedure, what you're supposed to do if a ballot is unreadable. That's, you know, unreadable. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's not even the point. The point is, you know, th- there's allegedly ballot fraud going on. And if this watermark, isotopic watermark thing is true, then there's really nothing to worry about. They'll just figure it out. And <laughs> I don't need to think about it until they do. Yeah. Um, um, on the other hand, I got to say this, that the the uh, this whole thing with the watermark, when I see it posted, when I see people talking about it, it's always in language of like, trust the plan. Yeah, they <laughs> saw know. it all coming. Trust the plan, which, of course, as we know, is basically what they've done is. Well, what I kind of feel like might be happening is it's very much like a Q thing. They just haven't branded it Q. Yeah. I mean, whoever's doing the Q stuff, this sounds like a Q post. Yeah. Sounds like a Q drop. It's very much put in that language. Um, And, you know, Trump is a mastermind and he planned for it all. And here's the thing. I'm actually haven't put that much thought into it, mainly because. Hey, if it's true, it's brilliant and it'll fix the problem. I don't have to worry about it until I can read it. Right. That's, that's kind well, of the thing. I'm, I can't get too worked up about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll move past this in a moment here. But one of the things to point out, first off, Pachisnik here. Is that how you say his name? I always mispronounce his name. Pachisnik. Wearing the uh, Hawaiian type shirt. Is that like a Boogaloo Boys sort of psyop going on? That's that's number one. Uh, Number two, um, I did ask about this because back, this was published back in September. U.S. Postal Service files a patent for voting system combining mail and a blockchain. And uh, the the patent was, I I think it was handed out in in February. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they're saying that this could be part of that that process of verifying. I don't think it is, but I don't know if they were able to implement it before the election because they're talking about QR codes and stuff. And I don't think there were QR codes. I've personally been following that uh, post office blockchain thing very closely. That would have nothing to do with the watermark. That's Um, what I was thinking. Yeah, that's not connected. But yes, I mean, I wish, I I mean, I don't know. When I think about electronic voting and how to get rid of this paper ballot nonsense, um, blockchain, the technology, not cryptocurrency folks, but the technology of blockchain has a lot. I mean, that could at least take us a couple steps forward in securing that stuff. But no, this is not connected. Well, yeah. Um, Distributed. But yeah, people are... I mean, the other thing about this, Steve, you know, coming out and saying it, is it like, I don't know, you know, I haven't pulled off too many uh, national nationwide conspiracies, um, you know, in my day, certainly not <laughs> as much as Steve. Um, and it doesn't seem like the right time to come out and start bragging about this, you know, well, the, other, you wanna- the other thing is he's saying like, oh, we're going to see arrests today and moving forward. So it's like, OK, today, huh? You're setting the precedent pretty, pretty straightforward. No. I mean, today, okay, let's let's look for that. So uh, that that could discredit his little thing here right away. Um, but you know, I you know, I did a little digging. I'm not a voter, you know, election expert. Well, that's not what we are here. Um, uh-huh. But as a citizen, you know, journalist type, I guess you can call it. Uh, I did go back and find this article from the Wall Street Journal. 
And this was published on August 21st. Voting by mail. These companies are rushing to print your ballot. And um, this particular version on the desktop, I, I can't really get to the part that I want to show you, but I took a screenshot because, uh, you know, it talks about all these different uh, companies that are buying machines from Germany and they have to, because you know, they, they're basically, mm-hmm. you know, printing is sort of a, a business that has gone out of business. You know, the, nobody really does mass printing anymore with the mm-hmm. digital era. Uh, but one of the things here, it says uh, his company, this guy, uh, John Buddington, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, a president of Arlington, Virginia based printing company, more Vang is hoping to secure some ballot printing work as other printers reach capacity. His company, which typically prints paperwork for insurance firms, hospitals, and human resource departments upgraded its equipment this year to meet standards for tracking, which documents are being sent to, uh, which homes until the surge in demand related to the pandemic. He said he had been hesitant to print ballots because they need to be printed with far more precision than invoices and account statements. So right there, it kind of, I don't know. I mean, I I get it. This is the wall street journal, but this is like a company that's saying, yeah, we're going to print the ballots. This isn't the federal government, you know, Trump coming in and providing the paper. It's all contracted out. Sure. I get that. And I know they have to get the, uh, they have to get approval of the local government office. Uh, to even do it but you know th- th- it just doesn't seem like oh there's hey yeah. we just we tricked you watermark on uh, all this, these ballots you know this is america baby the government doesn't do anything they contract it out aka the people who print our money yeah is not the government yeah, it's yeah. a corporation that the government has a, a deal with yeah no government doesn't print anything themselves yeah um, the other so, thing, yeah, that that's not too much of a surprise. To no, me. it's not. But I'm just saying it kind of pokes a hole in the Pachisnik, uh, you know, claim there. Uh, the other part of well, it to mention is uh, there's a, a there's an agency. This is one of the newer agencies, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, C-I-S-A dot gov. You can go there, and uh, there's a whole section protect 2020 rumor versus reality, and um, this is a, it's an interesting website because this is all about the election. And one of the, the top things here, it says new, and it gives you sort of the reality and then the rumor. Reality, the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, do not design or audit ballots, which are processes managed by state and local election officials. Uh, rumor. And this is sort of them trying to debunk this. I think DHS or CISA printed paper ballots with security measures and is auditing results as a countermeasure against ballot counterfeiting. So it's like, oh, okay, this security cybersecurity agency is flat out saying that this Pachisnik claim is wrong. So I I don't know who to believe. Fact checkers, man. I know, but this is like a government over. I mean, if the if the U.S. government is gonna be the arbiters here. Uh, this is them basically saying like, Hey, we, we don't print the paper. We, we don't print the paper ballots. And so, no, that, no they don't. I know. I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, uh, but I don't think that matters. I don't, I, I get what you're saying. I just don't think that that's necessarily a point that would confirm or deny this. Sure. Thing. Sure. Cause yeah, of course they, they, you know, they could have worked with the company who does print it to put on this little isotope or whatever. Right. So I, well, I get it. The The okay. point of it is, I don't think it's, it's even worth worrying about until 
it's done. I mean, sure. that's the one thing that actually kind of aggravates me about this whole thing about Steve putting it out. It's like, okay, why are you telling us? Why don't you just do it? <laughs> And then tell us that you did it. Yeah. <laughs> why, why get our hopes up? Right, right, right. And and so, you know, that last little point there was against this. I'll just end with this one. This is uh, uh, from the same website. It's the next point here. Post-election reality, robust safeguards, in, uh, including canvassing and auditing procedures, help ensure the accuracy of official election results. Rumor, a bad actor could change election results without detection. So that's kind of on the other yeah. side saying, okay, if there is some kind of fraud, they're not going to be able to, you know, just get around the safeguards. We're going to be able to find you. So, you know, I don't know. I guess, like you said, we're just going to have to wait and see uh, what's yeah, going to happen. It's not even worth worrying about. <laughs> it's just, it's just, You're so you know, over part it. Of it is, it's funny. It, but part, I am over it. Like part of it is just do, just do it. Just finish it. We're done. I'm done thinking about it. I'm done trying to figure it out because as soon as we figure something out one day, the next day, something else is going to happen. Right. Just go do it. Figure it out. Let me know when you figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this Alex Padilla, Secretary of State document that talks about the watermark and the tint on the ballot itself. So all kinds of information out there. That uh, confirm and deny the claims of uh, Pachesnik and others on the internet. So uh, we're right back to where we started. We're we're, we're eating our our own tail. Uh, the Ouroboros is among uh, is uh, is us basically. We've turned into the Ouroboros. As well, on America. that, I say we uh, get to the real important stuff. <laughs> the real important stuff, Flippy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Let's do it. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? Woo! Okay, folks, it's time for the Flippy update. And for those who know, you know. For those who don't know, maybe you're new to the show, let me let you know that Flippy is the colloquial name we have for the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs and slaving our children and flirting with our spouses. We use uh, these conversations about Flippy to, you know, use it as a proxy conversation to explore how robotics and AI are worming their way into our lives and eventually will rule us all now today this is kind of a little bit of a combo flippy update guns i'm over here at wired.com and the article is titled these factory robots may point the way to 5g's future dun, dun, dun. at bosch rexroth in bavaria germany wheeled robots that zoom between manufacturing machines and robotic arms that help hoist and connect components come with an unusual new feature 5g modems Woo. the division of bosch that sells advanced manufacturing equipment sees 5g as a big future trend and not just for gaming or super fast movie downloads you know this 5g thing is funny whenever they're trying to convince people about 5g the standard unit of measurement is you can download a four gig movie in six minutes they're just obsessed with telling us how fast we can download a movie which kind of sounds now here's the thing uh, people do download movies but not many people download movies. That's kind of like a <laughs> an old school way of thinking about speed. We're streamers now. It's, not it's like downloading you know, anything. 
Yeah, it's like I mean, depending depending on your age, it's like your dad or your grandpa like trying to be like, "Oh, you kids love downloading your movies on the internets." No, no, no. Okay. Anyways, moving forward, the company has developed a modular production line where every piece of equipment plus high precision power tools is connected via 5G. The new wireless standard may seem over underwhelming so far as smartphone. Uh, you, sorry, uh, uh, wow. The new wireless standard may seem underwhelming so far to smartphone users, but it's gaining followers at some factories, office compounds, and remote workspaces with good reason. 5G promises insanely fast download speeds up to 10 gigabits per second, roughly 20 times as fast as current networks that could deliver virtual reality to smartphones and other mobile gadgets. But the highest 5G speeds only work on some time of some types of transmitters and it will take time for wireless carriers to build out their networks yada 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 inside a factory or warehouse however a private wireless network can guarantee coverage the new standard also promises latencies as low as a millisecond compared with around 50 milliseconds or current networks uh, for current networks as well as high reliability and the capacity for many thousands of devices to connect at once now, this article gets quite long, so I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But what they're telling us here is uh, the biggest use for 5G as they see it is not, you know, global coverage of 5G and uh, smartphones, but really it's what's going to be used to connect machines to each other you got machine to machine communication whereas instead of you know having a uh, a wi-fi router in your your factory connecting all your wireless machines you'll have a local 5g network which i thought was pretty interesting this was the first time i'd heard of 5g being used in this way and uh when we explore the uh you know the possibilities of a robot revolution they got to be able to talk somehow and how are they going to talk yeah local 5g networks baby yeah and part of it we've heard or at least read articles or reported on stuff that 5g was going to be used for the iot the internet of things yeah and um so this isn't surprising at all but it says here later in the article the researchers show how a 5g link can give a humanoid robot which exists inside a simulation for now (laughs) It's brains, the algorithms that let it make sense of its surroundings in order to balance and walk confidently on two legs. Doing this requires some clever balancing of computation since the robot has to keep functioning, even if the wireless link suffers from a drop in speed due to interference. And we know about 5G, it's it's not like a wide reaching thing. You got to have like pretty close proximity uh, pods and stuff to to keep the connection going. So, you know, it, it makes sense that you're going to surround uh, uh, autonomous machines that aren't connected to anything in yeah. closer proximity to the 5G pods or whatever so that they can keep moving around. It's, it's yeah. their brains. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> when you watch Terminator or The Matrix or anything like that, and you've got you know a swarm of robots communicating with each other, it, one thing is to worry about the robot uh, with built-in machine gun hands. The other thing is you got to worry about how the robot horde is communicating, and that's going to be through 5G local networks. Uh, 
uh, right. as of now, which is pretty interesting and also pretty good for humans in a sense because, uh, you know, if you just have a robot, if you have a factory filled with robots on 5G, then none of the humans are getting fried in the uh, 5G winter space. Yeah, well, until they connect to the Neuralink to the Starlink and link it up to the Tesla and the... <laughs> Stop making stop stop badgering my good good personal friend Elon Musk. <laughs> he's got a he's got a product to share about today in uh, today's update. We'll get to it later. But any anything mm-hmm. else to say about the no five G robot it. Flippy and five G teaming up? Oh, wonderful! And uh, it's another example we've been pointing out lately how a lot of these separate uh, categories of things we used to report on are all conglomerating into one giant beast system category. Yeah. Soon the show will have no, uh, you know, variation in jingles. It's just beast system <laughs> just every one, single jingle. Just one beast. Oh, you know what? I totally forgot. By the way, to mention the. Uh, the whole sting operation, that was sort of the, the reason for the title. Son of a bee sting. So, oh, good. Yeah, forgot that. But anyway, let's move on here. Are you ready to move on? You said you were ready. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's do it. Update me. Thirty-three is the Illuminati dog whistle. And YourEerie.com. Erie County reports 33 new positive cases of COVID-19. 414 active cases and of course you know eerie isn't that uh uh is it michigan or pennsylvania i'm totally getting lost here hold on lake erie i don't think it's lake erie erie county i'm sorry i totally tuned out of what you were saying i was reading something oh wonderful (laughs) start over thanks Thanks. erie county (laughs) reports 33 new positive cases of covid19 ah erie county yeah check that let's find out I think that's Michigan, but sounds we'll like see. Michigan. Yeah. But this uh, says New York. Oh, well, there you yeah. go. Ooh. Oh, wait. Erie County, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Oh, they're see? all over the place. Pennsylvania. That's why I was thinking. Over. That's why I thought Pennsylvania, because that's where, you know, it's all going down right now. So there's multiple. Yeah. yeah multiple. But uh, yeah, there you go. 33 new positive cases. Um, amidst Classic. The elections, we still have to report the 33 new cases of COVID-19, uh, which is... <laughs> you know, it's, the one good thing about this election is the COVID news has really slowed down. For now. Until, For now. until Biden steps in and we have a dark winter. Ooh. And then, uh, and then you, you know, Canary Cry News Talk listeners will be familiar with the, uh, the quantum winter that will follow. That we oh, reported on uh, a couple episodes ago. But continuing on here with the 33 update. Uh, hold on. I'm going to skip that one. I'm going to do that next. This one here from WashingtonBlade.com. 33 LGBTQ candidates win election to ANC seats across D.C. Ooh. Yeah. So there you go. Thir- at least 33 out of the 47 known LGBTQ candidates running for advisory neighborhood commission seats. In all eight of the city's ward, uh, one race is on Tuesday. So there you go, DC. 33 LGBTQ candidates taking what seats. What a specific number. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Co- co- coalesce all the things coming together here. Uh, and of course, the last 33 update we have today. Uh, this is you.today. Charles Hoskinson turns 33 
Here's what he's achieved by this age. Do you know who Charles Hoskinson is, Basil? Nope. You have no idea, really? Uh, Not off the top of my head. Is he a crypto guy? He is the man behind the cryptocurrency Cardano. Oh, yeah. Ticker symbol. That's why I heard the name. ADA. And uh, he was one of the co-founders of Ethereum. So he's he's part of the, the crew that founded Ethereum and then branched off and made his own thing. And, um, and that thing is Cardano. And, of course, celebrating his 33rd birthday is pretty interesting because, number one, I'm fairly certain that he is a Freemason. He's basically said as much in a couple uh-huh. interviews. Um, and, of course, uh, the uh, proof-of-stake protocol for Cardano is called Ouroboros. You know, the, t- mm-hmm. the snake eating his own tail. And uh, their main wallet for Cardano is the Daedalus or Daedalus. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, and, but the Daedalus is, uh, a, was a skillful architect, craftsman, and artist, and was seen as a symbol of wisdom, knowledge, and power. He's the architect. father of Icarus. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Very Masonic. Yep. And I uh, just looking at the chat here, I think we forgot to mention that 33, as far as we know, seems to be the Illuminati dog whistle. It's a messaging number. Um, yeah, you, you really uh, weren't is, paying attention often, earlier. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I tuned out. You tuned out right chat, when I said you it. You needed to repeat it, Okay, Gons. all right, okay. For those who don't know, uh, yeah, nobody knows exactly what it is. There's lots of references to 33 in uh, occult uh, writings and teachings and things like that, but seems to be um, a number used to signal when uh, put into the mainstream. Well, we don't know exactly what that signal is, but we just like to follow it. It's fun. Yep, yep, yep. So, yep, there you go. Those are the three 33 updates for today. Uh, we're triggering listeners because they see it all over the place now, and hey, we can't, we can't, uh, we can't do anything about it. It's just out there. Yeah. So uh, next up, here's your buddy. The this is TechCrunch.com. Elon Musk's Tesla tequila will run you two hundred fifty dollars a bottle. Remember oh, when? Worth it. Remember when he joked about it on April Fools? Yeah, and then it was real. And then it's and now he real. Used it to fund. What did he use it to fund? He started it. I think he needed some capital uh, f- to build some cars, so he started this tequila brand. Well, our take on it during when he first announced it was that mm-hmm. the, he, it's you know part of the appeal of autonomous driver driverless cars uh, was that right. you can yes. drink you know while you're in the car. Uh, mm-hmm. The other thing was, didn't he get sued or there was somebody going after him because there was like another Tesla tequila company or something. And uh, they wanted to, you know, they wanted to make sure he's not taking the brand name or something like that. Right. But the other part of it, it's the bottle is in the shape of a lightning bolt. I know. It's very, very chic. It's chic, but also Luke ten eighteen. You know? Jesus said, what? I saw Satan fall me? like lightning from heaven. Uh, Satan's tequila. <laughs> Satan's tequila. Elon. Yes, Satan's tequila. And I think the Hebrew word for lightning is Barak. So there's a lot of layers there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, very good. Yep, very good. Okay, next up. Elon. <laughs> Elon, Barak, lightning, Satan. That's the summary. 
of that one. Okay, next up here. Did you ever have the feeling that you were being watched? This is from ZeroHedge.com. The execution of Americans is free speech. Uh, I'm not going to read the article here, but basically uh, what this article reported was that Yahoo was censoring emails. And uh, they were basically not allowing certain emails to send if they were, you know, propagating fake news. Oh, jeez. That is really bad if they're censoring yeah. emails between people. That's well, next level. You know, that's been, that's been the interesting part of the conversation with this social media uh, censorship going on. The, the sort of metaphor that you can use is... Well, how would you like it if the government just, you know, you were talking with your friend on the phone about something they didn't like and they just cut off your phone call? That's right. what, uh, you know, sort of the equivalent of 2020 social media censoring is. But this is this is almost exactly that. I mean, email is almost as boring as a phone call. Yeah. And to have that being, you know, but not just boring, but just like so like interpersonal and is not broadcasting you know it's one thing to censor broadcasting a thought it's another thing to have your individual speech between two adult entities uh having that canceled is a whole different thing right somebody mentioning is that winnie the pooh on the hat of the uh uh, yeah, this is. Uh, I believe this is supposed to be. Yes, it is. You guessed it. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed Gons to be. loves Winnie the no, Pooh. No, not my hat. <laughs> oh, Jeez. oh. Sorry. Right. I don't have the stream up in front of me. Oh, so okay. yes, now I see it. That is a uh, Xi Jinping Xi who Jinping, is yeah. famously uh, looks like Winnie the Pooh in human form. <laughs> Yes, that's the and joke. And he hates it. That's one of the biggest censorship uh, things in China is I believe they've completely censored Winnie the Pooh uh, because uh, people who didn't agree with Xi Jinping were using Winnie the Pooh as a stand-in image for uh, for their, their dear leader. You know what that's like? It would be as if Trump uh, just banned all oranges. Yeah, in America, or Cheetos. Or che- like or you're, Cheetos. you're not allowed to the color orange Cheetos. Just yeah. ban the color orange on the internet. That's the equivalent there. But uh, yep, yep. One more quick thing here. We'll, we're going to do a pandemic special and then launch into a main pandemic special wax sheen article. But here we go. A pandemic special. This is a, this is a sad story. The Washington Post: Denmark to kill 15 million minks. Oh, After yeah, coronavirus mutation spreads to humans. And, uh, yeah, there it is. I mean, I don't know. There's not much else to, we can dig into the article. Genocide. But it the is genocide. genocide. It is sad. Um, yeah. just these pictures are horrible too. They got these, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure those minks were at a farm that they were being bred for furs. So they're going to die anyways, but it's still, uh, this picture here that has like racks and rows of minks. Cold minks are moved at a farm near Soro, Denmark, like George Soros. It's a metaphor. It's a spiritual metaphor for what they want to do to us. Uh, After the government's decision to kill all 15 million minks in the country over coronavirus concerns. So I don't know. You know, it's sad, but also it's, it's kind of a weird foreshadow of what they might be doing to us if they really want to lock down and get rid of the virus. Don't think about it too hard. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, people are aware of that now. It's it's not. I'm not saying anything that would alarm our listeners. You know, it would yeah. trigger the fake news alarmists. But you know, whatever. I don't care if we do that. Okay, you want to move <laughs> into the main stories? Yeah, let's do it here. Let's go. It's another pandemic special. A pandemic Woo! special. Blockchain. Blockchain. Okie dokie, folks. Let's get into our main thing here. Been a while since we've had some Wakchin news to talk about, but uh, in what makes nothing but complete sense, I'm taking this story from sports.yahoo.com. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And the article is titled, Pay People to Have Coronavirus Vaccine to Achieve Herd Community urges ethicists immunity how can we do this in ethics in an ethical way it's immunity not herd community although that is very people zoish of you and we'll have to go back to the to the tapes but yes herd immunity <laughs> you said community bro i'm listening mm, i n- yeah. unlike you i listen to what you read i'll have to go to the <laughs> tapes on that one the article reads an ethicist has suggested people should be paid to have a coronavirus vaccine if an effective jab is developed wow an effective jab somebody over on at yahoo is uh having fun scientists all over the world are working on an immunization program uh, uh, that could help stem the pandemic potentially freeing people <laughs> from the constraints of face coverings Ooh-hoo-hoo! social distancing and home home working okay i'm getting like an ai i'm getting confirmation one. from the chat that you said community from everybody no no i don't know no, i have to go back i have to see the evidence <laughs> denial i don't know <laughs> exposing someone to a harm fake news guns fake news don't listen to your uh liberal lying mob me- media uh exposing someone to a harmless amount of the virus would help them develop an immune response against it, warding off an infection if it were to be encountered. Okay, you already have a problem here because uh, the vaccines are not traditional vaccines. They are mRNA vaccines. They do not work in the same way where you introduce a dead version of the virus to teach your body to fight it. So this is some fake news here on Yahoo. mRNA vaccines uh, reprogram your DNA to create certain proteins uh, to fight off the disease. But let's keep going if a sufficient number of people get vaccinated an infection cannot take hold in a community which is also known as herd community (laughs) around 80 (laughs) just messing with you around 80 percent of people are thought to be required to have a coronavirus jab to achieve this with vaccinations not being compulsory in the uk Professor Julian Savalescu from the University of Oxford has therefore suggested people be financially incentivized to have the vaccine or offered a payment in kind, like being allowed to forego a face covering if they carry a vaccination certificate. Okay. Not everyone agrees, however, with another expert warning such a move would set a very dangerous precedent. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it would set a very dangerous precedent that the government couldn't just force chemicals into your bloodstream without your permission. We wouldn't want to set that precedent, now would we? That's wild. Quote, 
to be maximally effective, particularly in protecting the most vulnerable in the population, vaccination would need to achieve herd community. Professor, I'm just messing with I know, you. I know, herd I know. Immunity. I Professor Savalescu wrote in the Journal of Medical Ethics, quote, the exact percentage of the population that would need to be immune uh, for herd immunity to be reached depends on various factors, but current estimates range up to 82%. Not everyone can get vaccinated. For example, uh, whose people whose immune systems are suppressed by chemotherapy, these individuals therefore, therefore rely on others to have jabs to create herd immunity. <laughs> this term jabs, this must <laughs> be know. a UK thing. It must be like... I think this is why it's in the sports section, you know, like that's the <laughs> oh, only okay. reason why I can think, you know, the, the algos were like jab, 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 jab. It must be sports, must be boxing <laughs> or, you know, jab step on in basketball. So uh, sports. yeah, I think you called it. Yep. Uh, quote, vaccines are some of the safest and most effective interventions we have and have achieved incredible successes, said Professor Savlescu. Quote, we no longer face diseases that killed our ancestors, but vaccine hesitancy is on the rise, even for well-established vaccinations. The problem is likely to be bigger for a new vaccine. For established vaccines, some countries have turned to mandatory vaccination schemes. What a great word for that. The global coronavirus virus death toll has exceeded 1.2 million with the pandemic also having far reaching consequences on the economy and people's mental health. Some have therefore called for a coronavirus vaccine and if, uh, if and when become one becomes available to be made mandatory. Professor Savalescu believes jabs should be voluntary in general. However, quote, there is a strong case for making any vaccination mandatory or, or compulsory if four conditions are met. Oh, goodness. These conditions are a grave threat to public health. The vaccine is safe and effective. The pros outweigh the cons of any suitable alternative. And the level of coercion is proportionate. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's, yeah, okay. The level of, <laughs> not that coercion, you know, a government coercing its people into some sort of mandatory action just isn't like ethically unsound already, but we just need to have a level of coercion that's proportionate, you know, a little bit of coercion is okay. <laughs> While coercion may sound off-putting, oh, they totally guessed my attitude on this. Professor Savalescu pointed out people have historically been conscripted to serve their country. Okay. Okay. We often analogize the pandemic to a war. We are fighting the virus, he wrote. If people can be sent to war against their will, in certain circumstances, some levels of coercion are justified in the war on the virus. Australia also has the no jab, no pay scheme, which withholds child benefits of a youngster uh, if a youngster is not vaccinated. Any mandatory vaccine would ideally be proven to be 100% safe. However, a 0% risk option is very unlikely. Quote, we cannot say whether a mandatory policy of COVID-19, the disease caused by the coronavirus, vaccination is ethically justified until we can assess the nature of the vaccine, the gravity of the problem, and the likely cost benefit of alternatives. And that's the end of it, says uh, Professor Sovelescu. Uh, so working backwards with a couple of problems with this, just the it's the uh, 
he kind of gives it away there at the end to, uh, when he's listing these things, the gravity of the problem and the likely cost for, uh, to benefit of alternatives. So he's already putting in, in economic language, which yeah. we know. I And again, we everybody knows how we feel about vaccines in general. Um, I am, you know, if you do enough travel, like I've had to get plenty of vaccines to travel to places like Africa and things like that to do the Lord's work. Um, and I'm okay so far, but when you put, uh, vaccines, we all know that vaccines are put into this economic model. I mean, it's the whole reason that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation makes, you know, I think, but from Bill Gates's own mouth, they get a 20 to one uh, yeah. ROI return on investment on all the money that they put into vaccines. So, you know, it's big business, which we already know. Um, and then they talk about, let me scroll up a little bit here. Oh my gosh. Analogizing the pandemic to a war and saying, Hey, it's okay. We can round up all your 18 year olds and send them overseas to get shot. So we can totally force you to get a vaccine. How horrible of a connection is that to make? I mean, uh, the, the, you know, conscription already has, some real intense ethical problems with it but uh, he likes to make this comparison that's like yeah if the government can take your child away from you and send them over to die overseas then we certainly should be able to give them the jab as they say well plus monetary incentive and that's part of what they're talking about here too uh, they say that staunch anti-vaxxers may never be convinced to have a jab however incentivizing immunization may persuade those who are more on the fence quote, as long as we are accurate and conveying the limitations in our confidence about the risks and benefits of a vaccine, then it's up to the individuals to judge whether they are worth payment. So it's kind of like, all right, right. let them choose, but also flash some money in front of them and then they can assess the risk reward ratio and decide for themselves. And, uh, yeah, you know, this is like the whole, it's a Hegelian dialectic in that, you know, crush the world economy. Everyone's poor. They're losing their jobs. Uh, they need money, a uh, stimulus check to get everybody used to having government handouts. But also right. if you want more, get a jab. Well, that's what it's going to be, isn't it? Hey, yeah. sorry, we sh we shut down your economy. You can't work. You can't pay the bills. Don't worry. Your kind and loving government will give you your stimulus check every single month. We've introduced this UBI. But if we don't get to give you the jab, then uh, you're going to go homeless and hungry. These, sorry. The, the quotes are just so horrible. Like anybody with just objectively looking at this can see that the quotes of this guy are like super evil villain i mean yeah. listen to this it quote it is not necessarily exploitation if there are <laughs> protections in place such as a minimum wage or a fair price is paid to take on risk right what <laughs> it's not necessarily exploitation that's a lot of linguistic uh, semantic dancing around that's like bill uh president bill clinton when he was well, asked what happened in the <laughs> White House. Yes. Depends what is, is. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting because we see so much, at least over in our country here, we see so much dancing around the vaccine problem, which no matter where you stand on vaccines, if you're not admitting that there is a problem with this MN, uh, uh, mRNA vaccine and forcing people to get it and, you know, admitting the risks, the actual data-driven evidence-based risks of uh of a new type of vaccine like this t- taken straight from the current studies that they're doing. You're just not being intellectually honest. Um, so anybody who's intellectually honest would really appreciate the language that this guy is using. Actually. Yeah. I like how he's just kind of putting it out there. Oh, I know. At he least, has no shame. I know there's some actual honesty in this article, which is why I love it. Yeah, and uh, not to be uh, you know passed over, there is a guy that's quoted in here as you know the counter sort of logic here. Professor Keith Neal from the University of Nottingham, and uh, he said, "quote Paying people to get vaccinated would set a very dangerous precedent." Uh, and he goes on, "If we did this, people will expect it for other vaccines." Yeah, that's the concern. And also, <laughs> social media falsehoods would have a field day suggesting it can't be safe if that's what's. Uh, if that's what you need to be paid to have it. Uh, and he goes on using vaccines as immunity passports will be worthless as the vaccine may occasionally not protect. And the system could be open to forgeries, much the same as under 18s borrow ID for alcohol. I mean, the, you know, the counterpoints aren't great. Uh, yeah. And then he says, we have never had a mandatory vaccination and are not going to start with a new vaccine. So, uh, you know, maybe he's open to the idea of taking some, you know, smallpox vaccines and starting there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jonathan uh, over on YouTube, uh, just to answer your question, says, what's the guy's name we're quoting from? His name is Professor Savulescu from Oxford. Oxford. He's a, some sort of ethicist. Um, how much, uh, how much would the government have to pay you to get your vaccine gone? Put a number on oh. it. Everybody's got a price. Um, I'm going to go with one quadrillion uh oh now you're just being silly (laughs) well well i will uh i i this is my my uh my pitch is that i'll take the that money which only exists within the derivatives market i don't even think there's that many dollars out there in the in the world Mm -hmm. and i will uh i will burn half of it and the rest i will uh i will socialize and give everybody an equal amount (laughs) You're like the and, Joker. Yeah. It's not about the money. It's about making a point. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. and then I'll tax You're everybody sick. for taking it. Okay. And- <laughs> okay. You know, I thought you were going to go some sort of overlord, you know, warlord uh, uh, type of route, but you've really <laughs> found this confusing uh, <laughs> balance of the Joker and Stalin and... <laughs> The U.S. IRS. Yeah, it's a, mm. it's a complicated thing. You know, no, I'll take uh, I'll take all twenty one million Bitcoin and I'll do the same thing. I was gonna say they'd have to pay me in Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, pretty wild. And uh, you know, this this is the kind of feelers stuff that's you know put out there. And uh, I, I don't know. Uh, at least there is a counter in the article all the way at the bottom. But I'm sure more people are. I don't know. Actually, I have no idea. Uh, do you think people are really into it or you think? Oh, yeah, the story does continue. Oh my gosh. There's a very long article. 
No, we should move on. No, we should. But I'm just saying, do you think people are, uh, more people are bound to be like, Hey, all right. Yeah. Give us the vaccine. It'll save, you know, we'll bring us back to normalcy. Yeah, of course. Of course. People are going to take that Uh, um, because they got kids to feed. If the, if the choice is either we give you some money and you take the vaccine. And of course, nobody here, nobody in the chat, nobody watching this show live. I'm talking about normies. Yes, normies will take money to take the vaccine, especially if it's between, okay, we will give you, you know, a thousand bucks a month. You just got to get vaccinated or we bust into your house with a SWAT team and (laughs) take you to a concentration camp, give you the vaccine anyways, and you never get to see your family again. Yeah, I think people are going to take the thousand bucks. I'll keep you warm and safe in my people's zoo. That's the situation we're facing, folks. (laughs) Right now, it's just Dr. What's-His-Name from Oxford. But eventually it'll be a giant robot and that's when uh, we're going to have to jump into those mech suits and, and go after him. That's right. For Jesus. All right. What's our next big story here? Uh, our next story has to do with demonic power. Got a couple demonic power stories here. This is heavy.com. Watch Paula White Kane prays to protect Trump against demonic confederacies. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Paula White Demonic Kane. confederacies. And by the way, Kane, you know, that's a, I, I would like, if, if I'm like a, well, I don't want to say anything. Okay. Paula White Kane, President oh, Trump's yeah. spiritual advisor, has gone viral for a prayer service she held on Wednesday, November 4th, as a means of summoning angels to aid in Trump's reelection campaign. In the video, White Kane, oh gosh. Talk about neuro-linguistic programming. White Kane <laughs> speaks rapidly and says at one point that demonic covenants and demonic confederacies are trying to hijack the election and the plan of God. Mm. Now, before I move on here, let me just say that, you know, I, I don't know about you, Basil, but I'm of the belief that like God has this, like despite all the chaos and all the right. craziness, it's like, yeah, God, God has He's not, a, he's not a, you know, he's, he's not giving us the spirit of fear. So to yeah. suggest not sure, not sure a confederate of demons could hijack the plan of God. Right. <laughs> right. But, uh, but anyway, let's go on in the video. White cane says, quote, we break the divide. We break and divide every demonic confederacy against the election against America, against that who you have declared to be in the white house. We break it up in the name of Jesus. White Cane's prayer service immediately went viral on Twitter with many people mocking it. One user even made an Eminem remix of the service. Oh, I got to watch that. White Cane was tapped to become a White House staffer during Trump's presidency and is said to head his Center for Faith and Opportunity Initiatives. Mother Jones reported she has been married three times, most recently to her current husband, Jonathan Cain. And uh, it shows the tweet. Should we play it? I don't know. Should we play the clip or which clip? It's uh, <laughs> this is the, the her prayer. Yeah, this yeah, is the prayer. Sorry, I was watching the Eminem remix. Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, we don't have to. It yeah, I don't know. I, I don't care. Well, let's, let's strike and strike and strike and strike and strike. Okay, we got it. <laughs> 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 
White's prayer service streamed live at 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. In the service, she encouraged people to join her in praying for the nation. During the service, White spoke directly to God, saying in part with repetition, uh, this is a quote, For you will give us victory, God. I hear a sound of shouting and singing, God. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of abundance and rain. I hear a sound of victory, 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 victory. Her angels are being released right now. Angels are being dispatched right now. Uh, at that point mm. in the service, White appeared to begin speaking in tongues. She then further specified that the angels begin uh, being dispatched were coming from Africa and then from South oh. America. The very, very oh. specific where these right. okay. <laughs> angels are coming from. Um, yeah. And then it goes into kind of her history of going viral and. And uh, some of the other things uh, she says during her prayer service, quote, in the name of Jesus, we command all satanic pregnancies to miscarry right now. Uh, well, yeah, pretty, pretty heavy stuff Yikes. there. Okay. Uh, and yeah, she goes and it goes on here. But, you know, this this is heavy dot com. So it's sort of a it's always going to be a, a secular of course, hit piece type a, on anything religious. Yeah. Uh, that being um, I do said, go ahead. Real, real quick. Yeah. Ebony Blaze in uh, the chat p points out with regard of white cane mm -hmm. um like a like a white cane that a blind person uses oh you know the little tappy stick yeah and uh and yeah so she's like the white cane blind leading the blind ah very mm -hmm. good That's something very good. there's something there yeah there's there's got to be some kind of spiritual uh ling spiritual linguistic programming mm -hmm. happening there um, but yeah, you know, this is one of those things where as a, as a fellow follower of Jesus, you kind of, you, you hope that, uh, these folks that seem to, you know, you don't, you don't know, uh, their individual relationship with God or anything like that. It's not necessarily for us to determine, uh, you hope for the best, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of like, man, it, it's going to look real bad if, uh. You know, if it does turn out that that Biden wins and Trump steps down and it would mean that it kind of like disqualifies God, you know, <laughs> based on her premise here and mm -hmm. that the angels aren't strong enough, the demonic horde won and all kinds of stuff that would uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily call biblical or it's it just a, a poor application of the truth in, in a modern political context. So I always I always shy away from it, but you know it's just it's just one of those issues where, boy, what do you do? What do you do? Well, Basil? I mean, honestly, the the thing is, Trump uh, likes to have good looking blonde women as his advisors. That's true. And that's probably why she was uh, chosen over Joel Olstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, to be fair, she's uh, she's of some sort of charismatic persuasion. I'm, yes. I don't really know much about her, but that's obvious with even just this story. And I grew up in you know charismatic traditions, and yeah. so when I see somebody doing that type of I don't know uh, display in a prayer service, it's not really strange to me. But I can totally see how that would be absolutely bonkers to somebody who did not uh come up in that type of christian tradition well, so the, the other I, thing. I do want to be sensitive i know that that is very strange for people when i when i hear that i'm like oh okay it's sunday again i guess right. 
Um, you know, <laughs> yes, things right. can get pretty rowdy. <laughs> right, right. The other thing, I, I thought it was pretty funny, too. The, there was a Babylon Bee uh, post that said that a bunch of charismatics are turning to Biden. This is like a week ago before the election. That a mm-hmm. bunch of charismatics have changed their vote to Biden after he speaks in tongues. After all those clips of Biden, you know, just saying... Uh, stumbling oh, his words and when i become president i did yeah that kind of stuff so i thought that was pretty mm-hmm. funny um but yeah you know this is uh, uh that's one form of uh i don't know it's it's just a, the age of deceit that we're living in i guess and i know yeah. i know it's uh, the the topic of speaking in tongues and that sort of thing is sensitive to certain people or certain segment of believers and some people really, you know, really into it. Other people aren't. I, I wouldn't judge someone's faith based on whether they speak in tongues or not. Yeah. Um, but uh, certainly when it's on display like this and it's in the context of politics, that's when I really shy yeah. away from it and think, okay, uh, this is, uh, there's, there was something in the whole constitution thing about ch- separation of church and state. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously to appeal to a certain crowd. Uh, you're going to have to speak religious speak. And that's kind of what this is in my opinion. But uh, this isn't the only place where you can talk about demonic power though. Demonic power. That's your cue. This is my cue. Okay. Here I go. I'm on the ball today. Uh, This is from the San Francisco Chronicle, sfchronicle.com. Faith groups pray sing in post vote ritual in new york so from san francisco to new york we're reporting on this story buddhists christians jews muslims and people of other faiths prayed and sang together in post-election solidarity wednesday afternoon in new york city even as the outcome of the hotly contested and polarizing vote was still in doubt was still in doubt San Francisco Chronicle, you know. (laughs) Yeah, good point. Gathering outside a church in Manhattan's Greenwich, uh, Greenwich, do they pronounce, is that Greenwich Village? I think they pronounce it Greenwich Village. (laughs) They stamped their feet on the pavement, sang gospel hymns, looked skyward in prayer, and chanted words of hope to the beat of a drum. Quote, we are here together as we figure out how to make a just and loving democracy, no matter the outcome of this election, said Reverend Jackie Lewis, pastor of Middle Collegiate Church in East Village. Quote, we've been here before, Lewis said, outside the Judson Memorial Church near Washington Square Park. Quote, we we know how to wait for change. We know how to wait with hope. It's a building. In, it's build. What? It's a budding interfaith. Co- hold on. Hold on. My VR goggles are all blurry at the bottom. It's a budding interfaith coalition ritual first held ritual. Ooh. Uh, first held four years ago. After Donald Trump was elected president this year, it came against a backdrop of not only the election, but also protests over racial injustice and the ongoing coronavirus pandemic that has new cases spiking all across the country. The group of about 20. Oh, that's a smaller group than I expected. The group (laughs) of about 20. (laughs) It's hard to imagine a gathering of people nowadays, uh, you know, doing some sort of 
public ritual that's only about 20 people. The group of about 20 broke into a call and response led by Lewis, who pumped her right fist in the air. At home, people watched remotely via Zoom and social media. The Reverend Derek McQueen of St. James Presbyterian Church in Harlem played a djembe drum. Wow, that's been a while. And asked the crowd to reflect on the election. Oh, man. There's djembe a picture drums. here. There's a picture here where in the background there's a poster that says Beyond Babel. That's really interesting. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know what it means. Uh, I'm just scrolling through the photos here. And uh, I thought it would, that's what it said on one of the earlier photos. Um, so I was scrolling through. Oh, I see that now. Yeah, interesting. And uh, there's a clearer shot of it. And yeah, it's Beyond Babel. Huh. Ooh. Interesting. Wake up, sheeple. Mm-hmm. Did you... Uh, did you ever have to play djembe drums in worship bands? Not in worship, but uh, I do the have classic. The in, at least in my generation of middle school, high school worship, small worship groups, it, it, there was always a djembe drum. <laughs> it's like the the spiritual yeah. flow instrument. It, it, yes, yeah. it was yeah. very much like somebody's been to Africa and they brought back a djembe drum. And then everybody else just bought them on Amazon. Uh, Quote, as we stand here on the precipice of this historic event, no matter how it works out, we still believe in the power of the people, McQueen said. Quote, we are the people and we have the power. So (laughs) So the question I ask you today is, what promises do you stand on today? Interesting, Mr. McQueen. I'm not sure by what perspective we can honestly say that we the people have any power at this point but okay if you say so (laughs) and also notably no mention of well any sort of god or any spirituality there but okay around a circle of yellow autumn leaves around a circle of sorry i'm I'm, i am a little like jumbled today around a circle of yellow autumn leaves participants chalked in aspirational words on the street peace freedom equity love Quote, I came here because my God is not in Washington, D.C., so there's something higher than this situation. Right now, it's hope and prayer, said King Berger, 78, a member of Judson Memorial, who is wearing a red and white and blue mask with images of Democrats Joe Biden and Kamala Harris on a T-shirt that read, Loving one another is essential work. I needed something that centers me and moves me forward, Berger said, and this is it. As Imam Khalid Latif of the Islamic Center at New York University led the group in prayer. The Reverend Chris Long, assistant minister of the Community Church of New York, closed his eyes and lifted his palms. Clad in a kente stole and a t-shirt with the image of George Floyd, Long said the gathering energized him at a difficult moment. Quote, it lessens the anxiety, he said. I'm inspired anew. I wonder if there is any Trump supporters at this little ritual. I doesn't seem like it It does not sound like it does it 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 seems like the Trump supporters went to the or a lot of them went to the uh, uh, the the white cane spiritual (laughs) prayer and then the Biden camp came to the interfaith prayer thing here oh good point yes we do have sort of contrasting spiritual rituals happening here yeah which is something to point out and and it's been a theme of our show here is to really investigate or at least um 
talk about the spiritual undercurrent going on and all of the things happening in the world. So this is where this is a, a conversation where you can really look it up. But I, I you know, that, that I still want to know what the beyond Babel thing is. That's really interesting to me. Like what, yeah, what, what are they either. trying to say? Like, are Chili. they, Sorry. go ahead. Well, I, was, I just laughed because Chili over on the YouTube says rituals are so 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Beyond Babel. That, that can have several different I directions know. that moves in. I know. One is like beyond Babylon. Like, yay. Don't, don't just turn away and never look back. Or it could be like, yes. Beyond Babel. <laughs> like the first time we tried Babel, we couldn't take yes. down God, but this time we will go beyond Babel. I'm going to do a quick kill Google God. search here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beyond. Did you search it? Did, I did anything not. come up? I did not. I'm going to let you do it with your googly okay, eyes. I'll do it. What do you think about this prayer, this interfaith prayer movement, Gons? Well, we reported on the three uh, monotheistic faiths coming together under the Pope uh, mm -hmm. last episode where you know they were going to create a Christian, more so Catholic, uh, worship center next to a Jewish worship center next to an a Islamic worship center. And so this is a similar vein here, uh, although I, did, did you mention, did it mention like Buddhism or any kind of Eastern philosophy here? Yeah, I said, said there Buddhists. was, uh, yeah, Buddhists there. Yeah, but Buddhists kind of, they kind of intermingle with all the different faiths there. Yeah, well, that's one of the interesting things about Buddhism is you can, uh, according to Buddhists, you can be Buddhist and anything. Right. You can be a Buddhist Christian or a Buddhist Muslim or a Buddhist atheist. Right. Somebody, you know, it's interesting. Somebody in the chat, Cody, uh, is talking about the, the two scores of um, the presidential election, 264 versus 260, uh, 2, 214 equals 666. Wrong. I don't think that adds up to, 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 to 666. Nice try. So here's Beyond Babel. Okay. Beyond Babel is uh, a critically acclaimed new theatrical dance show oh. <laughs> created by Keone and Mary Madrid in Hideaway Circus following a hit and run in... Hit run in San Diego. Beyond Babel is now playing a limited run off Broadway. So it's playing in New York. It's not anything. It's a poster for a dance show. Well, see, again. But it happens to be in the picture. Well, that's what Can't I'm saying. That. That's what I'm saying. It might be some spiritual imprint giving away the, the true spiritual agenda here, you know? Inspired by Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, Beyond Babel is about the division of families, friends, and a community of people as authorities decide to build a wall between them. Oh. We follow two divinely linked lovers as oh. they reconcile with the rising tensions of a populace cut in half. The show is set to a contemporary soundtrack and features a cast of 12 elite dancers. Ooh, 12. Ooh. <laughs> like the... Uh... Yeah, so, I mean, Disciples. it makes sense that sort of symbolically it would make it into the background of a picture of this ritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're digging up the truth here. Oh my gosh, Gons. What? Beyond Babel also features large crochet backdrops, <laughs> art installation, and yarn-based props. Okay. This is a blast. I 
gotta go see this show. Oh, great. And yes, the thumbnail of the trailer they have on their website, uh, you know, includes people making the 666 sign with their fingies. Yeah, over their eyes, Sounds, too. Yeah, over their eyes. Okay, there you go. That's what it is. Good Found stuff. It. Great. Excellent. Fact checked. A fa- fact check. Are we ready to take a break here? And uh, thanks for I'm people? ready. All right, let's, let's do, do it. it. Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because after the break, we've got a great second half of show here. We're talking about Satanists, Satanists, and, well, more Satanists. <laughs> uh, we got a, <laughs> we got a, uh, let's see here. We've got a uh, trans Satanist anarchist Republican uh, running for sheriff somewhere. We've also got uh, Alistair Crowley making an appearance. So, you're going to want to uh, stick around after the break because we've got to figure out what they're up to. Uh, but before that, we are going to thank some of our producers. We're going to look at some art. We're going to listen to some jingles and music. It's going to be a fun time, but we're going to jam right through it. Uh, short list of producers today. So don't be afraid. Don't leave. I'm Just stay here. Every time we go into a break, we lose about 10% of the live viewers, which I understand. You got things to do. That's okay. But uh, if you don't know, we like to thank our producers. Producers, you say? Yes, producers. That's because we are on the value for value model. You might notice that we don't do any advertising on the show. That's because we decided long ago that you, dear listener, are a human being with a soul and a mind and a destiny that... uh, it makes you a little bit more than just a commodity or a piece of cattle to be loaded up on a trailer and sold to corporations for our own personal gain. That's right. The advertising industry incentivizes guys like Gons and I to consider you, dear listener, uh, a commodity, something to be traded. Uh, you give us your trust and attention for a few hours a week. And for us to turn around and sell that trust and attention to an advertiser just didn't seem right to us. It was probably a bad business decision on our side, but that's okay. At least we can sleep well at night. Um, And so instead of uh, taking advantage of you kind, dear people, we ran on the value for value system, which is basically this. We create a show. We do it a few times a week, and we like to think we do a pretty good job. And, uh, you know, many of you come back show after show after show, and we're so happy to have you here. And if you get any value out of this show whatsoever, whether it's just entertainment or education or analysis or, uh, I don't know, jokes, I don't know what you get out of this show, but I'm glad you get something. Um, You have the opportunity to put something back in because this is a family affair, folks. Folks, um, we which is actually more true than it's than it's probably good to admit because we couldn't do the show without you and not just our financial producers but also those with talent uh, creating arts and jingles and music and also those who uh, you know help out with their time creating the canary cry dot community social media site and the merch perch site and the everything it's really run by you know dozens of of producers um, just on 
on the talent and time size side and we ask also that if you get anything out of the show you come in you help us pay for it and there's a few ways to do that um, one of the ways to do that is by going to patreon.com slash ccnt for canary cry news talk and uh, that's an easy fast way to do it and gons we got two new patreon producers Fantastic. which is great news because the past couple weeks has, has been very sad over there on patreon Patreon. But patreon.com slash CCNT. And Gons, are you ready to thank somebody? Ready. Okay, I want to thank, first of all, producer Eric coming in with 33.33, coming in with the 33 producership. We're taking it back, folks. And a lot of it is thanks to producer Eric. So thank you very much. Thank you, producer Eric. Next, we have producer Aaron, AA Ron. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Aaron. producer producer Aaron, uh, coming in uh, at no specific producership, but thank you very much for your generous support. And I think that's all we got. Maybe I'll, let me pop over to Patreon real quick, make sure nobody came in during the show. I should have had this open before we started the <laughs> segment, but look how fast I am in my VR world and loading. Nope. No, that's it. Eric and Aaron. Thank you very, very much. Um, now, we also have another show called Canary Cry Radio. This is not that show. I know it's confusing. This is Canary Cry News Talk, but you should check out our other show, Canary Cry Radio. It's an interview style show interviewing all sorts of people uh, who have a lot to a lot of great info to inform uh, your biblical worldview as well as your fringy worldview and your supernatural worldview a lot of great stuff going on over there and uh, we had a couple producers come in on the canary cry radio patreon that's patreon.com slash canary cry radio and i want to thank our new producer parker thank you parker Thank you very much, Producer Parker. And last but not least, uh, Producer Lauren444. Right. Thank you, Lauren444. Thank you very, very much. Now, here's the thing, folks. If you want to become a producer, but you just hate Patreon, there's all sorts of reasons to not want to use Patreon, but that's okay. You can head over to CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. Canary Cry Radio. Dot com slash support. That's right. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support is a great place to find all sorts of ways to support the show, become a producer. We've got PayPal options. You can come in with a monthly producership or if commitment is not your thing, you can come in with a one-time producership in any amount. There's also cryptocurrency and other fun things like that. Gons, who do we have coming in over on the PayPal? On the PayPal, we have, first off, Sylvan Handwovens. Oh, Handwovens. Sylvan Handwovens. Yeah, is that a company or is that a person? I I'm not 100% sure. Um, I've I've seen Sylvan before. We've we've thanked a producer Sylvan. I wonder if this is the it's same com- one. It looks like a company. Maybe uh, oh, producer Sylvan started a company. Here we go. Sylvanhandwovens.com. Yeah, yeah, you can go there. It's a shop, uh, fashion accessories, home decor. Uh, and producer of Canary Cry News Talk. So yeah, check it out. Very cool. They got like neck warmers and beanies and, and very cool stuff. So yeah, check it out. 
Uh, I will drop that link in the chat. So thank you, Sylvan Handwovens and producer Ooh, of the thank show. Thank you, Sylvan. Uh, we also, whoa, are you okay over there? Does something rattle? Oh, I don't know. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Uh, we also have producer Kevin. Thank you, producer thank Kevin. Thank you very much, producer Kevin. Coming in with the uh, 2021 is that for, uh, producership. Is that for the next year? It seems like something. Yeah, it's got to be something somewhere. Yeah. All right. So thank you, producer Kevin. Uh, next up, we have producer dot dot eyewear. Yeah. Dot dot eyewear. Yeah, this is a, it's interesting how we have a couple uh looks like people that run businesses or something. Uh, you know, are they producing. maybe they're sneaking in some advertising, <laughs> you know, but that's OK. If you're a listener of the show and yeah. you, you do stuff, you have a business or something that you want mentioned on the show, we will happily do that for you. And uh, yeah, you can go to uh, dot dot eyewear dot com. It's in the chat there for anyone who wants to check it out. And uh, it looks like they're doing um, uh, these are uh, uh, sunglasses, I think. Each mm-hmm. frame has been master crafted by hand, meticulously designed to suit all face shapes and sizes. Okay. Well, there you you go. can't do an actual ad. I'm Thank just reading the much. website, man. <laughs> Thank you very much. Dot, dot, eyewear. <laughs> Check it out. If you guys are looking for sunglasses. Yep. Oh, some of these are pretty cool. Yeah. Not bad. Dot, I, dot, dot. Send me some sunglasses. <laughs> you can get our, you can get our email. Yeah. Uh, not our email, our, our mail, snail mail address. <gasps> Snail mail. Snail mail. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, on our website. The problem will be they'll have to handcraft those, you know, giant glasses for <laughs> yeah, your, like, for your if they eyes. Send me, yeah, if they send me some sunglasses that are this big, oh my gosh, my entire world just shut down. Uh, but if if you do, I'll wear them on the show. I will then plug dot dot eyewear. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, dot dot eyewear. We next have producer Laura. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Laura. producer Laura. And uh, uh, do we mention the amount? I don't know. There's a 33 I, I in there. I was going to actually talk to you about this. Um, I don't know if we should do it on or off air. Sometimes there's some very generous uh, producers, and we generally don't read um, amounts unless it is one of the special donation amounts. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, producer Aaron. Coming in big, I think this is the executive producer of the show. That's right. Producer uh, A.A. Ron. A.A. Ron. The executive producer. Yes. And we actually, we have two Aaron's, uh, both, you know, the A.A.R.O.N.'s uh, mm-hmm. coming in. I, I was making sure that, the, the, you know, they weren't the same ones. We had one come in for the CCNT Patreon, but this is a different Aaron. And uh, he says, thank you for what you guys do. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for your producership, producer Aaron. Thank you very much, Aaron. Very, uh, very important that we get all sorts of uh, generous producers coming in. It keeps the show going, keeps uh, food in Gonza's ba- multiple babies' mouths. And now I've got a cat that has cancer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so sad. For some medication with. So this is all very helpful. And we cannot uh, do the show without you guys. So thank you very, very much. Yes, very generous. And uh, producer Aaron uh could be well on his way to knighthood yeah we'll have no to check. you're you're on your way producer aaron I, i'm excited for when we can uh, 
introduce a new knight or dame to the Canary Cry round table of knights and dames. If you don't know, that is the elite circle of producers who over the years or one or two times all at once um, have given uh, in the uh, amount of $1,000 or more to the show. Um, and that's great. A lot of people, you know, are on monthly subscriptions and they'll reach that in a manner of time. And uh, it's a fun, special group of people. Um, yeah, that's yeah. what we got. So yep. there you go. Now, remember, we don't do the accounting so if you think you've given in the amount of $1,000 or more, uh, send us an email at canarycryradio at gmail.com with your, your own accounting. Because <laughs> uh, we don't, that's too hard for us to do. Numbers, counting, too much. Yeah. Uh, other ways you can support us with your treasure, canarycryradio.com slash crypto. Uh, we don't have any crypto support today. Um, okay. But the uh, the other ways that you can contribute to the show without your treasure, but more with your talent and time, is with jingles and artwork. And uh, there's a, a few updates to mention here. Are you okay over there? Yeah, my eyeballs are crushing. Things. Eyeballs, microphones falling. It's a yeah. We need to do yeah, something about exciting. your setup over there. Um, yeah. I wanted to first off thank producer Marius. Thank you, producer Marius. Thank you, producer Marius. He is the uh, the the one who gave us the canary coffee. Oh, we yeah. found you. We found the person. Yes. Thank you, Marius. Yeah. So uh, they said they're they're from the Victoria, British Columbia, and uh, it says that uh, they found the canary coffee at a local organic food shop. And, mm -hmm. uh, so, so when they, when he saw it, he thought it was a, a new venture for us, which is uh, very generous of you to think that we have such <laughs> organized, uh, efforts over here. Something out. <laughs> We're yeah, so the, organized that we, the organization required to uh, start a <laughs> coffee company is probably outside of our purview yeah. without some outside help. Yeah. Uh, but we appreciate the coffee. It was meant to. Keep me awake during the baby and some great rebranding ideas. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll contact them and maybe just gonna steal their out. logo. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they're in Canada, isn't there? Uh, there's some. Yeah, there's no crop. We're, we don't live in. <laughs> they a don't have. They don't have trademarks in Canada. <laughs> it's all owned by the Queen, anyway, right? <laughs> we'll burn Canada, burn. Yeah. So the reason why we're bringing uh, Marius up for this occasion is not just for the coffee, but beef, but for the jingles. Uh, oh yeah! Sent in a couple jingles. This one is uh is labeled "Gather Round." Gather round, everybody! Come on, gather round! Got another letter here. Which is a <laughs> nice. It's a perfect uh, uh, a jingle to play to introduce handwritten notes or letters. Which yeah, we also the received. snail mail. Yeah, the snail mail. Which uh, I did get another one. I haven't gotten through all of it, but uh, that's a perfect jingle. Did you for do that. a pickup? You do a supply yeah, drop? You know, I I didn't have an opportunity. Because uh, in-laws were in town, so I, I couldn't do it yesterday. But usually oh, I do yeah, uh, pick up on Thursday. On. Yeah. Uh, the other jingle they sent was the postman. You're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. So not a savior, <laughs> just a postman. <laughs> very That's good funny. we could put some together gons you could put your your put some sauce on both of those yeah yeah i can probably do some stuff and uh, make things happen 
Uh, but yeah, thank you, producer Marius, for the coffee and for the jingles. So we appreciate that. Uh, Mrs. Habibik. Habibi K. Mrs. Habibi K on Twitch says, can we send you snail mail baby gifts? Yeah. Yes, you can send me snail mail baby gifts. <laughs> Gons, can you have snail mail baby gifts? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just we, we don't have any snail mail today but uh if you want our address you can go to canarycryradio.com support and uh, the snail mail address is on there i will just say it because people get people get it mixed up all the time you the 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 p.o box is under gonza's name so use the address exactly as it is on the website don't put canary cry radio on the address it will not make it to us it will be sent back to you well it, there's a possibility that it'll make it but sometimes i have received uh mail there with the canary cry radio don't there, listen but... to gods don't confuse okay, them well, don't conf- okay. i get emails all the time of people trying to send us mail and they put canary cry radio on the address so don't do that you got to put gons shimura on the address okay all right Okay, uh, the, uh, the other couple jingles that we have here, we, we actually have songs that were sent in. And uh, this one, I was, uh, we, we skipped, we didn't skip, we forgot to do it in the last episode. Uh, it's from Objectivity Cave 11. And yes. uh, he put together this song. Do you want to just play the whole thing here, Basil? Because it's less than a minute, it's about 50 seconds long. Yeah, would you rather do that than put it in the mix? Um. Yeah, the mix, the mix is kind of long. It's today, getting huh? long. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll play it right now. This is. I don't know if there's a title. Was there a title to the song? I don't, I don't know. I don't have the email pulled up. Yeah. Let me try to do it here real I'm quick. Distracted. I, I know you're always distracted. The it's a silly song for the show is what he he labeled it. There doesn't seem to be a true title, but uh, okay. Here it is. Creepy cyborg arms and demon kids ruling over oh, us. At least we have the screams and the basil eyes. Oh yeah. <laughs> hat. There's a hat on the man. Hat on the man <laughs> with the hands together like he's praying. I pray too. Praise Christ, he's good, I'm not. My family doesn't get along like this one, but it's okay. At least we're not demon cyborgs. <laughs> right. Yet. Ah, not cyborgs. Yes. Demon cyborgs yet. <laughs> Sound, oh yet yet yeah it sounded like uh some i got a couple of things mm-hmm. number one it kind of gave me did you ever listen to me without you yes yeah i've heard old, that band uh, christian christianish i don't know if, uh, christian? sort of metal experimental band yeah uh kind of gave me some me without you vibes um i was and, gonna say uh the original guitarist of red hot chili peppers his name is john frusciante Mm-hmm. And he had a solo album, uh, which he recorded. I think he was strung out on heroin. I'm not saying Objectivity Cave is, <laughs> but uh, he did have an album where I think he was on some kind of drugs anyway. And um, it was all like demo tape stuff. And it, it kind of reminded me of that, that kind of like 
uh, what's yeah. the word? The Discord? Uh, not Discord. The uh, Discordant? Yeah. Is minor key? Yeah, yeah. Minor right. keys. Some minor key stuff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, experimental sounding. I, you know, I, I like it. I can yeah, get used to it. I like it too. It's, I, <laughs> I'm assuming there was some improvisational uh, work involved there. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, you just stare at the, the Canary Cry News Talk broadcast and just sing what comes. Right, right, right. All right. Well, thank you very much. Objectivity. Is this? Uh, yeah, it's the uh, same one as the uh, one in the, the chat. The one. Yeah, the okay. one. Okay, objectivity from the chat. Yep. Um, thank you very much, buddy. Hope things are going well. Yeah, thank you very much. So you get a gong. I do like the reference, too, to the Canary Cry family. I say it all the time. This is a family affair. Yeah, yeah. And even if your family doesn't get along, that's okay. We get along here. Yes, that's a very important point. And um, the other jingle that we received was from... Oi, I'm trying to find the email itself here. It was from Brian... And his daughter Molly, who is the singer of uh, this oh, track, yeah. and uh, you want to play a, a couple seconds of that? Sure, and then, uh, it's gonna get stuck in your head. It's gonna be in the outro or, or the uh, the playlist at the end. Um, yes. But here's a little taste right now. We'll get so the, fun. We'll get through the whole so thing. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, I got it. the email right here. Yeah. Should we read some of it? Yeah, I have it pulled up too, but uh, go for it if you have okay. some sections to read here. This is from producer Brian. I, we love reading some emails. And remember, if you send us an email, make sure to say in the email if you don't want us to read some of it. I will always leave out uh, identifying features. But um, I thought this was a cool one because I love learning about all the different kinds of people who listen to the show and this is from producer brian hey guys i've been listening to you guys from the very beginning i had found you through chris white's aggregate website revelationradio.com when he started canary cry i'm a musician that has worked professionally in the music industry and i worked with tom dunn on the music for the detestable movie the only reason i bring that up is to mention that one of my current projects slash bands acrolith had a song on the hovindication compilation oh uh the what was that? A Kent Hovind? Yeah, the uh, Kent Hovind uh, Get Him Out of Jail soundtrack that I think cool. uh, Sam Swanson over at Slave to Servant put together. It was like yeah. a collection of artists to raise some some money for Kent Hovind. That's cool. Yeah, and he mentions, mentions here along with your project uh, slash band Slave to Servant, which is something you and Sam have been working on, as well as let you know that I am attaching a song that my daughter and I did two years ago called Robot Girls, Robot Boys. My daughter wrote the music and lyrics when she was nine years old. Yeah. We record. Yeah, so cool. And we recorded it about two years ago. She did the vocals and I played all the instruments. Sorry that it's rough because there's more fun. And we never really planned to quote release it. Plus, I'm a guitarist and not a drummer, but I hacked my way through the drums for so long. Don't worry, Brian. You played excellent drums. I can't. I can't get the the move my feet and my hands thing. You're not a drummer. Um, I thought you can play every instrument. I can play a mean djembe. <laughs> 
but I've tried so hard to get the drum set going. Really? And I just, yeah, I just get too frustrated with huh. the, uh, with the footwork. Oh, I can't get yeah. the footwork. Are you, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun when you finally, it's a lot of like muscle memory stuff. Yeah. It just hasn't clicked yet. Yeah. You know, there's, I've been told that there's a moment that it just clicks. Oh, it and does. It, has not it feels clicked. so, yeah. it feels really good when it does yeah. too. Yeah. I got to keep working on it. I do have a drum set here, but okay. The email continues. I thought it might be fun to send it to your way since it's about, well, an invasion of robots and the topic of transhumanism is an increasing point of interest slash concern on the show. After all these years of enjoying the show, I think it's about time I contribute something in the way of producership. Not wanting to be remiss in supporting where it really counts, I also made a financial contribution through my PayPal account, which is under the name Zero Sum Records. Oh, we thanked him uh, last episode. Yeah. I'm almost 50 years old. Ooh, nice. So I feel like I'm almost 50 years old. (laughs) Uh, So it feels a bit odd to resonate with a much younger crowd, uh, but because I've been deep into fringe Christianity and studying all the topics that you cover for the past 30 years i feel that uh, i feel at home in canary land here are a few download codes and then he sends us some some codes to some other projects that he's been working on so very cool thank you producer brian so yes robot girls robot boys will be playing uh at the canary cry mixtape at the end of the show do not miss it it's very fun the daughter his daughter wrote the lyrics when she was nine years old. That is one woke kid. I was going to say, that's a woke nine-year-old. That is great. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Okay, so there we go. Thank you very much, Producer Brian. Thank you, Producer Brian and daughter Molly for that one. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, now let's get into the other ways that uh, people produce the show is with art. One art, please. <laughs> we have a couple pieces of art to share with you today. First one is from Jay Vela. This one is called Spiritual Warfare. And uh, it's uh, pretty straightforward. It's some looks like angels battling it out. Yeah, uh, some angels and some uh, like fallen angels battling it out. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Maybe- I love the style. Jay Vela. You nailed it I again. Know. I know this is, yeah, this we've is got three angels in gold armor on the right. We've got uh, what looks like three fallen angels on the left with some nice turquoise skin and yep. They're just going at it, going yep. at it. Yeah. This is probably more accurate than uh, the, the white cane description. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yes, thank you, Jay Vela. Very awesome. Uh, as always the style, I really dig it. So thank you for that. And also, we have one from Producer Ali. Oh, wonderful. Gazel and Bonds in the chat. This one is called Biden Acceptance Speech. Ooh. And it's a very good rendition. Uh, yeah, pencil, I think, drawing of, uh, or charcoal. Is it charcoal or pencil? I don't charcoal. Know. Uh, of Biden uh, in typical Ali fashion. Yeah, and looking great. Looking great. And the caption Look at the says shaded, the shading on those cheekbones, baby. I know, it's really well done. And the caption is of Biden saying, I won the the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an exact quote. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Got some lizard eyes in there too, guns. Oh, very subtle. Yeah, see? I know it is very subtle. It's very good, though. She's always good at making sure that the, the truth is revealed in her art. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I can't uh, look past that stuff. Yes. And um, 
I just want to mention to Allie and Charlie, I got your email and I will be sending you that uh, soon. Whoa. Okay. Super, super coded language. I, it's just, honestly, it's easier for me to respond to emails on the show than it is to actually get back to somebody on email. I don't know if you've noticed, but like the past three episodes, I'll just respond to somebody's email on the air. Yeah, I noticed that. I don't know if I'm breaching some sort of, uh, I don't know, confidentiality, but I, I'm just, let, just letting them know. Got the email. I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so uh uh you know it, it doesn't help the other listeners for you to be like hey you got it well, it's not, it's, no it's a it's a it's a fun reminder that uh, you can actually interact with us now i will say it's i true. do apologize to all the people who have sent me emails that i have not gotten back to there are so many of you and some people get really frustrated with me or us uh, yeah and they've got yeah they've got frustrated with both of us because it's just hard it's hard to get back to everything if we spent uh, as much time as we should on returning emails, this really would be an everyday, all day gig. We do the best we can. We're so sorry. It's not because we don't like you or don't want to get back to you. We only have so much time and energy. <laughs> we can do but it. So. I, just, I just love the way you were like cryptic about it. Like I, I got your email and uh, yeah, I'll get back to you. Well, it's because Allie has a surprise for all of us. Ooh, okay. Yes. So there you go. Now, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving on. Okay. Before before everything gets exposed. Allie exposed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> let's All move right. on. Yes, uh, let's move on. We don't have any snail mail to report today. Timestamps that night win. Thank you very much for continuing to do that. And uh, also Canary Cry merch perch. Uh, I, I think we did receive a note from uh, producer Dust about the update on that. Um, I think he's getting ready to unleash uh, a whole bunch of new products. It's in the works as always. Great. And uh, I think there's, uh, I did see an email from about a calendar as well. So there, there's a lot of stuff in the works here uh, that will probably be available. Uh, Is on it the, the tour Watch. calendar? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did see that. That looks very fun. Yeah, it looks good. It's going to have some interesting, um, you know, Dates, important dates that will uh, come in handy for your fringy types to know about. So uh, something to look out for. So thank you, all the producers out there, the uh, repeating, uh, recurring producers on PayPal as well. We really appreciate it, as well as uh, Patreon. And, um, you know, we're, we're really grateful. We're, we're thankful for all of you. We couldn't do this without you. So thank you so much. That's right. Very, very important. And um, let's see. I think you nailed it. I think we got everything. Was there anything else to mention in this break? I don't think so. I think it's time to wake up. Okay. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, y'all, wake up. Wake up, sheeple. Wake okay, we're going to grab our first uh, second half of show thing here from Manchester Inc. Link. Dot com Manchester Inc. Link. And it says, so what's next for trans satanic anarchist who lost her bid for Cheshire County Sheriff? Oh, okay. So this was in the UK, it sounds like. He's uh, a Satanist. 
Maybe 2020 wasn't meant to be the year of the trans woman anarchist who is also founder of a satanic church at the ballot box. But Keene's Aria DeMezzo is proud of the race she ran for Cheshire County Sheriff as the Republican candidate. What is this? NH. This is in New Hampshire? Cheshire so. County. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not the UK. For some reason, I thought it was the UK. Quote, I, uh, nope, I already read that one. Yeah, okay. Quote, I ran the best campaign I could have, I could have, and brought the ideas of liberty to people who otherwise hadn't heard them. So I'm tremendously happy with the campaign. Always a bit of a long shot candidate for the county sheriff's position, DeMezzo garnered 7,950 votes uh, to Democratic incumbent Eli Rivera's 27,674, according to the unofficial vote tallies. DeMezzo, who ran and lost in 2018 while running as a libertarian, said this is her last run for sheriff. Man, maybe I should run for sheriff. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Sheriff Qu- Rosewater. Sheriff Baslow here to keep the peace. Not in my town. Uh, quote, two times is enough. And this was likely the strongest an anarchist was going to get. Demezzo said, quote, 25% was an impressive showing for a well-known Satanist anarchist trans woman. And I think it bodes well for the future. Well, what a, ever the optimist this Demezzo is. <laughs> Demezzo said she decided to try again as a Republican this year when she found out perennial Republican candidate Earl Nelson was not going to run. Nelson was dealing with cancer treatments over the summer and had intended to bow out. When DeMezzo became the nominee, she mounted a writing campaign to give Republican voters another choice. Nelson ended up with fewer than 3,000 votes. Despite her anarchist leanings, DeMezzo said her views line up pretty squarely with most Republicans. Interesting. Quote, Republicans are all about smaller government, lower taxes, and gun rights. They are not going to find someone more in favor of smaller government, lower taxes, and gun rights than I am. I just happen to take a little bit further than they do, DeMezzo said last month. Quote, there is nothing I stand for that is not part of the GOP platform. On paper, they agree with everything I said. DeMezzo ran on a platform of promising to stop the prosecution of laws she deemed as victimless, like drug crimes and sex crimes. What? How is sex crimes victimless? <laughs> I don't know. That's not, that's not right. Uh, maybe, DeMezzo maybe, ran. Maybe, what? maybe she's talking about like, you know, prostitution type stuff, not like uh, abuse. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. DeMezzo, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Demezzo ran on a platform of promising to stop prosecution of laws she deems as victimless like drug crimes and sex crimes. Her campaign slogan was F the police. <laughs> well, <laughs> for, for a sheriff campaign. <laughs> well, Demezzo... <laughs> Jeez. I gotta say, uh, politically, I kind of like this person. I mean, I don't like the F the police thing, but uh, yeah, sounds like the small government candidate. Uh, anyways, while DeMezzo hasn't announced her next political campaign, she is adamant she will not run again for sheriff. I won't even try to be your sheriff. Don't ask me. <laughs> Quote, uh, I'll leave running for the same office and losing repeatedly to others who want to do that. She said, okay, well, there you go. Wow. Yeah. That is not the traditional looking sheriff guns. What do you think? Well, the part that really stuck out to me was running as a Republican. And I think this 
I, the reason why I wanted to uh, include this article was because I think this is just the beginning of seeing all kinds of, uh, you know, identity type stuff with gender and whatever uh, running as, you know, one party or another. And uh, see, as you mentioned, you were like, oh, I like the, her policies. And we're being politically correct here by calling her her, you know, but For sure. sure. Um, but you had mentioned how you like the policies that, you know, the smaller government, lower taxes and gun rights. Uh, but, you know, are you going to it's going to come to the point where a lot of people in this country or perhaps around the world, they're going to be what are you going to do when you have to or I guess you cannot vote. That's a you know perfect, perfectly fine option. A lot of people will be forced to or maybe feel like they're forced to vote for the uh, what is this? What did they do? identify trans woman anarchist? and founder of satanic church because mm-hmm. they, that's a tough sell for that's a lot a t- of Republicans. I know it's a tough sell, but yeah. what, you know, what if the other person is a, you know, the a raging liberal leftist communist, you know, pastor. What are you, what, yeah. <laughs> pastor, what are you going to do? So this that's is where, a great question. you know, that political, is a very interesting sort of exploration in voting. You know, if, yeah. if a candidate lines up with all of your, policy requirements but has some sort of identity issue you have a problem ideological uh yes problems yeah better better said um yeah that's very interesting sounds like she got quite a bit of the votes all things considered (laughs) yeah 25 percent but uh yeah so it'll become a question that people will have to ask themselves is hey do i vote for the candidate whose policies I like, or do I vote for the candidate that aligns with me ideologically? And I think it's a good uh, sort of uh, exercise in, you know, thinking about politics in general and how we're always presented with uh, a or B it's never a third option or uh, a, a, you know, a a group of options. It's more one or the other. And it, and Mm -hmm. it's a very limited type of control mechanism that, uh, controls us you know vote yeah go vote exactly um mike says arise chicken in the youtube chat <laughs> arise chicken um okay you got another one for i us? have another one yeah this is a very uh interesting story he's a satanist another satanist story here this is the this is why you thought uk this is from dailyrecord.co.uk Fears Loch Ness House, once owned by wickedest man in world, will become Satanist shrine over plans for holiday homes. And this is a, yeah, it's a lot to a lot to take in. But let me uh, read through okay. this. Protesters have demanded council bosses throw out plans to turn the former home of a notorious occult leader into holiday lodges. Opponents claim Bulkskin House. Uh, Bolskine or Bolskine, Bolskine House on the shores of Loch Ness will also become a pilgrimage site for Satanists if a planning application is given the green light. The house is currently owned by Keith Reddy, who placed it into the care of a charitable foundation. It used to be the Highland home of Led Zeppelin's guitarist Jimmy Page and more significantly infamous occultist, philosopher, and ceremonial magician Aleister Crowley who died in 1947. He founded an occult religious movement named Thelema and styled himself as a prophet. Uh, Crowley drank blood and staged huge orgies fueled by heroin and cocaine. 
He also called himself the Beast 666, the wickedest man in the world, and had his teeth filed into fangs. He was one of the founding prophets of the Ordo Templi Orientis, also known as OTO, or Order of the Temple of the East. In 2015, a major fire devastated the B-listed Georgian uh, building, stripping out the interior and collapsing the roof. To help raise money for the project and repair the damage, Reddy's sold pieces of the building with authentication certificates to collectors online. The planning application, lodged with Highland Council under the mansion uh, house's Gaelic name of Bale O's Scene, I think, uh, shows plans to create 10 holiday twin units with a reception area, car parking, and the installation of a sewage treatment plant. Guided tours of the main building and grounds are also planned. Opponents are worried that if the development goes ahead and sprawling uh, ahead, the sprawling site will become a hub for occultists and Satanists from around the world. <laughs> Children's Charity Fresh Start Foundation are representing people who oppose the redevelopment at Bolskine House, uh, both in the local community and further afield. A, a spokesman told the record, Quote, our objection is to the proposed use of the property to promote the sex magic and thelemic doctrines of Aleister Crowley, which amount to a satanic religion and are associated with satanic ritual abuse. As such, the promotion of this abusive legacy of a man who styled himself the beast presents a danger to the local community and especially to children and vulnerable adults. And the quote continues, we believe that this development poses a danger to local people as it will attract Satanists from across the globe to the quiet and hitherto safe Highland community of foyers. We believe it is essential that the planning process be used to prevent this ultimate bad neighbor development from blighting this Highland community. While uh, that's the end of the quote, while another objector, no, no, Na Naomi King claims her comments on the council's planning portal had been san uh, sanitized with all references to Satanism removed. Mr. Reddy is the chairman of the Bolskin House Foundation. He recently published the book One Truth and One Spirit, Aleister Crowley's spiritual legacy and claims to have an academic interest in the house. The foundation's intentions are explained on its website and played down claims that Bolskin will become an occult hub. It says, quote, our mission is to restore and preserve the historical legacy and heritage of the Bolskin House estate for the greater benefit of the public. Upon its complete restoration, we intend to use the estate to promote education on the heritage of the house to welcome and uh, to welcome the enjoyment of its structure and surrounding gardens. So there you go. The old Alistair Crowley House is seeking renovation here, and uh, some you locals turn it into an, an Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, and some locals are going, "Don't do it." <laughs> it's going to turn into a satanic uh, pillar that everyone, you know, journeys yeah, are. They're not wrong. They're not. They're really not. <laughs> you know, you can definitely see once that sucker's open for business, you're going to get a lot of Satanists showing up. Uh, yeah, a real pilgrimage site. That's very pilgrimage. interesting. That's the word I was looking for. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the concern here. You know, you're going to start having strange things going on there and you know animal sacrifices who knows yeah uh, whoever is going to be the uh the maintenance guy or the superintendent of that building is 
Going to have some wacky messes to clean up. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on what happens here. But I do remember the place burning down. And, uh, you know, some some of our uh, colleagues were saying that this is like a judgment. Um, but not if they come back in full force. <laughs> build it back <laughs> and make it, some money. Build back better, baby. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because, of course, whoever is doing this renovation is doing it precisely because they know they're going to be booked 365 days oh, yeah. a year. Yeah, they have <laughs> a target market in. for sure. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Something to keep an eye on and something that you're not going to really hear too much about, probably in the midst of uh, the chaos that is amongst no, our but nation. If you're looking for a relaxing vacation <laughs> on the shores of Loch Ness. I've got a great place for you. Yeah. Look for the Loch Ness monster and. Um, you know, the, the ghost of, of the beast, the ghost of the beast. Yeah. Not, not fun, but, uh, there you go. We have, uh, one more story that, uh, I thought we'd leave off to, to keep things light. All right. Thomas in the YouTube chat is commenting about, uh, the, how the gift shop is going to be a doozy. Oh, see, that's another money-making thing. You know, yeah. that's a, that's, that's a financial uh, you know, because it markets itself. That's the problem. You know, if you're strictly <laughs> you know, looking at it from like you know, a financial a business perspective, yeah, it's a home run. It's a home run. Yeah. You're not going to ever have it empty, but from a, mm -hmm. a spiritual, uh, not just spiritual, but just communal, like the, the norm, normal folks that live in the community. Yeah. I mean, it's going to become a stronghold in a few senses of the word. Yeah. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Your microphone is driving me nuts. I know it's bouncing around. Yep. I got a, I got a, I bought a new, uh, uh, windscreen for it. This one's all bent and broken, broken, broken. It's broken yeah. and breaking at the same time. Yeah. It's broken. Okay. One more story here. Uh, I thought I'd leave us all because it, I wanted to end with an election story. That's not, you know, really intense, but. At least uh, gives us a laugh and just uh, we're able to smile and have some joy going into the weekend here. This is deep. And this is the gatewaypundit.com headline. Uh -oh. Not the onion. <laughs> Michigan Attorney General pleads with public to stop telling her staff to shove Sharpies. Up their behinds. <laughs> please. Please. Stop. Please. Oh my gosh. Uh, do I need to read this? Uh, Michigan oh, Attorney Yeah. <laughs> Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel is pleading with the public to stop telling her staff to shove sh sh shove Sharpies up their rear ends. Nessel made her desperate uh, plea to the public on Twitter after a state judge tossed a lawsuit by the Trump campaign that sought to suspend ballot counting in the state. Uh, she said, Dear members of the public, please stop making harassing and threatening calls to my staff. They are kind, hardworking public servants just doing their job. Asking them to shove Sharpies in uncomfortable places is never appropriate and is a sad commentary on the state of our nation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's actually interesting about this article is they don't give any context for this. They don't. What 
do you you're are, are you I'm aware familiar. of the context yes, yeah okay so apparently and i don't have the details right in front of me so you can fact check this sure. but apparently um part of the problem with the election here is in one or more uh voting places they were giving uh voters sharpies to fill in their ballots which uh, apparently according to whatever laws uh that that invalidates the ballot but that was the only option they were given and uh i've only heard this from the conservative conservative side so i've only heard this in the context that it was specifically conservatives were giving given sharpies to fill out their ballots so they would be avoided um yeah i don't i don't know the exact facts but that's just what i've heard floating around so that's that's a little bit of context for the the whole sharpie problem here <laughs> yeah um and and allegedly the sharpie does not uh cause the uh the the ballots to fail or anything like that or at least that's what's being reported uh, who knows <laughs> who knows at this point but uh um, yeah, i don't really at know. the very least dana nessel is taking the opportunity to make the right wing look like <laughs> please, a bunch of <laughs> please bunch stop of inappropriate please stop telling my staff to do this weird thing uh, That's fine. Election officials have claimed that ballots cast in Sharpie will be counted despite previous reports and rumors to the contrary. Okay, if so, you say so. Here's my thing. Like you mentioned at the top here, we have technology to to do this more better. <laughs> and I, I tweeted out a few days ago, like we have the technology to, you know, change our behavior you know, uh, cause us to click on things like social behavior, social engineering, uh, other technologies to have internet, to mm -hmm. communicate across the world instantly, uh, to do all kinds of amazing things. Uh, even, you know, if you're, if you're looking at the transhumanists and the technocracy, we have the, the ability to, you know, mess with our genes and do all kinds of craziness, but to count votes, yeah no we're still we're, putting it on a piece of paper putting it, on a piece it by of paper. hand we can't figure it out and what's interesting is that we if it was really something that mattered i guess like it, it does matter but i'm saying like if it's really something that needed to be changed i feel like it would have been changed or upgraded together you know, as a, as a society, we would have been moving in that direction. But the fact that we don't, well, they've been trying, I mean, every year there's something, but remember the voting machines got hacked and there was well, problems and the touch screens were yeah, not calibrated and all this nonsense. I don't know. There's just a lack of competence or whether it's accidental or on purpose there seems to be some sort of lack of competence yeah well that's where the whole blockchain idea would come in is it would be self-monitored with a distributed set of computers all monitoring each other but then you yeah. let that into so the door it's so hard to cheat it's so hard, it is to, hard cheat to cheat when it's electronic you it know is. if you put it on the blockchain you can't have uh, you know sudden influx influxes of unexplained ballots overnight Yep, <laughs> that all vote for one candidate, <laughs> zero for the other. Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to, Nothing see. to see here. You know, right, the guns. thing. <laughs> I won. Hairy legs. The, the thing. I have hairy legs. All right. Okay. Are you done? <laughs> yes, I guess I'm done. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm just as sick of everything as everybody else is. So the only thing I can do is just mock it uh, and just, you know, just yeah. uh, comment Sometimes on the absurdity. that's all there is to do. I know. I know. Okay, folks. Well, thanks for tuning in. Remember, we are on the value for value model and we will have another show on Monday. Oh, yeah, actually, Monday's going to be a little sketchy. There will be something on Monday, uh, November 9th. So stay tuned. Put it on your calendar. Um, Gons, I'll just say it now. I think we have to do an early show on Monday sure. the 9th. Sure. So I know you like that idea. I like it. Yes, Monday, November 9th, we'll be back uh, some probably early, probably around noon or so. But keep an eye on our social media. Turn on notifications. Put it on your calendar, folks. Make sure you don't miss it. Um, it's going to be a good time. And remember, we got to get some new uh, uh, producers on the list for Monday's show. So if you're sitting there and you've been watching the show for maybe one episode or you've tuned in for a few or maybe you've been here watching all year year as we uh, forge through the nonsense of the news that's coming out if you gain any value from our show whether it's uh, from the analysis or uh, the jokes or you feel educated or edified or encouraged or part of the family whatever it is if you get any value out of the show please consider putting some value back in and becoming a producer that's a real thing folks put it on your resume put it on your linkedin you know producer uh, podcasts are so popular now even a couple of years ago you know you put podcast producer on your resume nobody would even care but i mean podcasts are a big deal now it's kind of weird and uh, I've heard plenty of stories of people putting podcast producer on their resume. And, you know, because everybody listen to podcasts, whoever's hiring you is like, oh, I love podcasts. Anyways, put it on your resume, your LinkedIn. Give them our e email address, canarycryradio at gmail.com. We will vouch for you. And uh, even more than that, it just helps keep this show going. And we can't do it without you. So thank you so much for those who share your treasure with the show to keep it running. But also to those who share your your talent and your time if you want to get involved with uh, the the canary land as uh, it was once put by such a wise producer um uh, send us an email eventually we'll get back to you and we've got uh, you know the the ecosystem of canary cry news talk and canary cry radio is really a producer run ecosystem we have canary cry dot community which is our anti-facebook social media it's all canarians all the time not just talking about conspiracy theories and fringe topics but also uh, making friendships playing games sharing things about your life the prayer wall it's really a great place to go even if you just need to connect with someone sane uh, head to canarycry.community it's a real url try it out also there's the canary cry merch perch new perch new perch come new merchandise. <laughs> new merchandise coming up soon i hear from producer dust thank you so much remember all that merch is sold at cost so it's as low as it can go but remember you have an opportunity to tip the webmaster which please do that because it costs money to run it and we want to keep <laughs> producer dust incentivized but you can also tip the artist and you can tip uh gons and i which is a pretty cool system again a family affair now Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. You know what? I was going to say, today's Friday. I usually read ratings and reviews on Friday. But you know what, Gons? 
there were no new ratings or reviews. It's been two weeks and there's been not a single really? new rating and review. I wow. know. It's crazy. That's sad. So come on, folks. We need ratings and reviews. Not just because, you know, it's some sort of superficial way for Gonz and I to get an ego boost once in a while. But really, it helps out the algorithms. We're talking uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, where we are placed on the global charts and things like that. Uh, ratings and reviews play a huge part in the algorithms that... Uh, uh, you know, uh, share the show on iTunes and other podcast catchers um, that uh, shows it to people who've never heard of it before. So it's really important. It helps the show grow and uh, gives a good touch point for those who are maybe exploring listening to the show. So if you haven't done it yet, please just take two minutes. It's so fast. Uh, go, uh, Just go to whatever search bar you use, whether it's Google or DuckDuckGo or Bing or or whatever. What was another one? Not Ask Jeeves, but uh, me- Meta Search. Meta Search. Uh, meta Search. What was the one? Start Page. That's another one start you can go page. to. Start um, Page. Go to your AOL search bar, type in <laughs> keywords uh, Apple Podcasts, Canary Cry News Talk. That's Apple podcast canary cry news talk that'll take you right to the best place uh to leave a rating and a review please do that very important thank you very much i'll be reading ratings and reviews next friday it's always very fun always very good okay let's see what else what else oh and other than that you know remember a really important way to uh a help the show out b help your friends out and c really help the world is to share an episode of canary cry news talk share it on your social media your facebook your twitter uh tag gons and i in it you know let us know that you're doing it and uh that really helps spread the word as well you never know who's just lurking on your social media looking for a lifeline of uh humor and truth to help them get through this crazy time and uh we're here to help and other than that Remember, the best way to spread the show is just word of mouth. You got friends, you got family, they're starting to wake up. Spread the word, folks, uh, that Canary Cry News Talk is here. Just send them an episode. Hit that share button. Send it right to their phone. Uh, Give them a chance to listen to it. We'll be happy to participate in that journey of theirs of waking up to see that the world is not what it seems. All right. If you need any other instructions, here's what you do. You walk right up to them, you grab them by the cage, and then you Shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that! Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right. Just ask Noah. Remember, folks, we'll be back Monday, November 9th, probably somewhere around noon. So make sure to tune in then. Um, leave those ratings and reviews. That's all I got to say. I don't know if I have anything else. Gons, any last words? Trump tweeting. Uh-oh. He's, Uh-oh. He's tweeting a lot right now. You want to give us a taste? Is there something interesting? Uh, just saying that, you know, it's unconstitutional, some of the votes. Uh, he just said, Joe Biden should not wrongfully claim the office of the president. I could make the claim also, which he already did. Legal <laughs> proceedings are just now beginning. 
Okay. Oh, there you just go. Now. Just now. Just now. Just now. Just now. Where are Beginning the arrests? Folks. I want to see the arrests, Pachisnik. Yeah. All right. Pachisnik, show us that <laughs> isotope. All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Make sure to tune in next time. But until then, think outside the cage. Some controversy. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. Another fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Another fun fact. Brings me back to my screamo days. That's where I started. Light up a huge blunt, a joint. Give everybody magic mushrooms. Smoke. The CIA, you know, I mean, lots of intelligence agencies have tested secretly dosing communities. Psychoactive pills should be covertly administered. Put me on some, some, I don't know. Okay. You shot in the butt. Fluoride, oxytocin. Get a chemical hug. Uh, I did dabble, you know, some of that uh, robot crack. I know what it's like. It's a lethal, lethal recipe for disaster. You need help. If you're a pharmacist, you need to repent. (laughs) All right, weird.
will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and was not 